a lot of people think they want to be millionaires for the sake of saying that they're a millionaire, not realizing that the life that they truly want can be attached to a much lower dollar amount. And Mm. it took me some time to really sit down and figure that out. If I told someone, look, I'm going to give you a consistent $30,000 or $20,000 a month. And you're, you're going to make that that's, that's for you and your business as a solopreneur, or even if you hire one or two people, that's a significant amount of money. That's only $240,000 a year. If you're traveling on a full-time basis, that money stretches a very long way. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. I am super excited to be having this conversation today because what's so interesting I discovered about the Juicy CEO podcast is... I really get to interview people that I already kind of know on some level. So this is really a treat because this next guest, I saw her profile, the things that she's doing in the world, what she's created for herself. And I was like, whoa, she definitely needs to be on up on here because she is living that juicy CEO lifestyle. So Yunchi Wilson, we are going to welcome her to the show. She is a fractional CMO, Forbes business coach, world traveler, and has spent the last few years leveraging her 15 years of marketing experience into a marketing performance consultancy as she and her husband world school their two daughters across Asia, Mexico, and now Portugal, one of my favorite destinations. You guys know I have a love thing with Portugal. She has worked with companies such as HP, Microsoft, Indeed, Upwork and has been featured in Forbes, Wall Street Journal and Travel Noir. Oh my God, I love me some Travel Noir. It brings back memories for when I first discovered them. Yunchi has helped her clients generate millions in revenue while transforming their marketing into sales enablement. Yeah, baby. So welcome Yunchi Wilson to the show. Thank you for having me. Got to be one of the best intros I've ever had of you, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) Got to bring the fire behind it, right? Because like you, we we say our intros all the time, but we don't get to like hear it in that. Like I always like to think of the intro as someone is introducing you to come down on this talk show and the audience is waiting. They're like, what? Who? What they up to? What they've been doing? Right? Because that's how I like to like when people are like coming down the coming down. I like it like coming down the runway because I'm always thinking in those right. terms that we're <laughs> we're all on our personal <laughs> runway. Your 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 story is so interesting. So first, let's let's start with where is Yanchi right now in the world? Because I know we're gonna get into your whole story and like this digital nomad type of vibe that you have going on. Where are you? We are actually on the silver coast of Portugal. We are officially residents. It is our now our home base. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, how do you become an official resident? 
as we as oh, we like girl. sidetrack. <laughs> girl, the process was grueling, but so worth it. I I mean, we've been a lot of different places, and we really wanted a place that we felt safe in, that we felt we could raise our daughters in, that I could keep doing my business. And Portugal just checked off all those boxes. And the food, oh my god, I can't oh live in a place. The food in Portugal, honestly, if I think of one of the best meals I've had in my life. It was in Portugal. It was in Lisbon. Mm-hmm. And it was Italian food in Portugal. At, but it was so yeah. authentic. I swear to you, me and my husband, we talk about it all the time. We're like, remember that? I don't remember what it was called. I don't care. I know where it is. I know I'm going <laughs> That's back. That's all that matters. <laughs> it was family owned. And we got to like meet like the mama and like the brothers and everybody was serving. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Crazy yeah. out of this world. So where are you originally from? Originally, I was born in Germany on an army base. My entire family is from Panama, so I'm Afro-Latina. But I grew up in Texas, so... <laughs> I always have to do a dance. I'm so sorry. I'm not offensive. <laughs> like, I just... When I hear <laughs> Latina, I have to do... You guys can't see it, but she's like, Monica's cha-cha on what she should not be doing. I love it! But that's part of embracing of all of our cultures, right? That, like, that's that melanation growing through all of us. So I, I'm yes. totally not offended <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, so... I grew up in Texas, went to college there, you know, and did the whole thing. I met my husband in high school. We didn't date. It was like a whole Facebook thing after the fact. And oh, my God, you know, I love that. So you were already (laughs) a child of the world, right? Like that must like have attributed to this. Like you are no one person, one one place in the world. Right. So what had you then have it be like, I mean, you've had such an extensive like career, but like, I really wanted to, I would do want to touch on this first, like this work from anywhere life you have created. Give people kind Mm -hmm. of like an insight to what happened that had you make Mm -hmm. that choice, especially with children, right? Like that's not an easy decision to make. Not at all. Not at all. It actually happened out of necessity. I, I was, we did all the right things, right? All the things society tells you to do. Go to college, get a good job, buy the house, buy the car. Like we did all those things. Bought, built our first house before 30. We were together making six figures. You know, we had the kid, you know, our first daughter. And I was climbing the corporate ladder in my company. I was, you know, on track to be the youngest executive. So I was like doing all of the things. I was pre- five months pregnant with my second ta- daughter. And I woke up one morning getting ready to actually fly out to our other headquarters for, for an event that we were having. And I ended up having a mock stroke that morning. So a mock stroke is essentially a, basically the stroke impacts your body without debilitating you. So here I am five months pregnant. My baby stops moving. My whole left side goes numb and I'm literally falling to the ground. I can't breathe. And so my husband has to literally pick me up and take me over um, to the hospital. And like they, they hooked me up to all the machines, did all the testing and everything. And I'm like really, really concerned. And it wasn't until about maybe three hours later that the baby started moving again. Oh, and wow. the neurologist came in, checked on me and said, I don't know what's wrong with you. We run every test known imaginable. But he was like, whatever it is that you're doing in your life that's causing this level of stress, it needs to stop immediately because the next one's going to be real. That was my wake up call. They put me on bed rest from that five months on. And so I was able, luckily I was able to work, continue working. My job let me do that. But my husband quit his job to come and take care of me because I couldn't stand for longer than 10 minutes at a time. I was waddling like a penguin everywhere. And it just, I was like, what, what am I doing with my life that I almost put my child in danger? 
this just didn't make any sense. So that is what initiated my journey of like real hardcore entrepreneurship. So my husband too, you know, was like, all right, let's do this thing. Like, let's try to do something different in life because your health, you know, I'm not doing this life without you. Mm. And as we began journeying, trying to figure it out, like we start off in network marketing, like most people <laughs> do when you're We've all been there. We all had, I had it for a minute there. I had like a good four months selling all that. Arba. I was like, yeah, you guys want this. Right. Right. All the, I was doing all the things. And, you know, in the midst of that, as you're trying to build and figure this thing out, those bills still need to be paid. That house, that mortgage still need to be paid. Those card notes still need to be paid. And it doesn't wait while you're trying to build your dreams. So mm. in the midst of us trying to figure all of this out, we lost, we lost the cars. I remember the day that they took it. It was like on my, I think it was like my 30th birthday on my birthday. The car was towed. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Lights were off. Like we went through, we went through the struggle, like the true struggle. And we end up losing the house. We end up losing everything, going through bankruptcy in the, in the midst of chasing this. And then things started getting a little bit better. This, I was, this was when I kind of finally went into consulting. Um, and I started using, believe it or not, that platform Upwork is how I really started mm-hmm. my consulting. And so it helped me to kind of gain some clients here or there, but it just wasn't enough to really take us over the edge. And I, I just looked up one day and I was like, honey, I'm tired. I'm sick of this. I'm like, we're living in the States. This was right before Trump got elected. And I was like, we're living in this reality for what? What are we doing here? We oh live God, in Texas. I'm like, what's the point? Like, you know, I'm worried about you going down to the store to get groceries for the family. Mm-hmm. This, I shouldn't have to feel like a second class citizen in a country that I'm paying taxes for. This is ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. I was like, there's got to be something better. So we started the research and came upon a family called, uh, what's their, the bucket list family, the bucket list family. So oh, they were yes. a family. Yeah. Yeah. Them. So did, did you find, I'm just curious, did you find them through Natalie Sisson? The suitcase no, no, entrepreneur? No, no, no. Totally found them on accident when we were searching just like, you know, family travels on YouTube. And so we became obsessed with their videos and, you know, we were watching it and it just, you know, when you grow up not in that environment, no one in your family traveling, it kind of feels very far-fetched. Like mm. that's not something that we do. Right. <laughs> so she points to her melanated face. Like what we don't that we don't do. That's don't, white people we don't, business. We don't, we don't do, do that. that. <laughs> and I was just seeing like, you know, their daughter swimming and them doing all of these things. And I was like, wow, like, babe, we can do this. Like we got two kids. You know, we don't I'm like, let's just do it. And thankfully I have a husband who is very pro me and totally believes in me and will follow me with all my crazy ideas. And he was not with this at first. He was like, This is gonna take a lot of planning, a lot of this. Fast forward, Hurricane Harvey takes place. You know, we lost our place, we move into a rental. Hurricane Harvey displaces us for three weeks and we end up staying, having to Can stay with friends. Can you catch a break? So, right. Like, it was, damn. I'm telling you, it was like thing after thing after thing. And I was like, honey, I'm done. I'm done. I was like, I'm burned out. I got nothing left. So we can either leave or you can figure this out by yourself because I don't know what else to do. And so he was an insurance adjuster at the time in Atlanta. He came back home in November. And then by December 15th, we had sold and given away the last little bit of things we had in our rental space and we left. And that was 2017. That is, yeah, (laughs) like that is, that takes such bravery and courage. And I get like the world was like kicking you down quite a few times for you to be like, I'm like finished. Like, just like, let's hang it up. I'm going to go under the covers. Call me when we're done here. And to do that, but it's like, that will happen to other people and they won't still, they won't, 
they'll want better, but then they won't go after it. Whereas you were right. like, no, we go in, we go in. So where was the yeah. first place that you guys went? So we, we went to California for a few months just so that there, his mom could see the kids spend some time with him. And then we picked, literally picked a place on the map. We said, let's go to Thailand. None of us had never been there ever. We didn't know anyone who had ever been there. We oh didn't God. know any friends. We were just like, let's go make it happen. So we went to the South of Thailand, didn't know the language, knew nothing. And it was <laughs> we didn't whip the kids down with the kids. And we just said, we're going to journal our, you know, our journey. We're going to record it because we want other families of color to see that this is possible. And it's possible without a lot of money. Cause when we started it, we only had like two grand saved and everything else was a credit card. So we were like, we're, whatever we were paying in rent, that's what we're going to use to travel. And so, man, it was, it was so like, worth it. So honestly, you had me like so excited. I'm sorry. I like, I literally just spaced out for a second to be like, where was Corey and I going to go? Like, where are we going to go disappear into the world? I was like, we could totally make that work. Like I'm sitting here planning it now <laughs> while I'm like looking at you as this living, breathing thing. Because what's so interesting is literally what you're talking about. I thought about probably like, I'm going to say like 10 years ago, I was like, I found the Bucket family as well. And I was like, oh my God, this would be so amazing to do. And I was like, well, later, you know, like later. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. you're out here living and breathing it, which is always, which is so crazy to me. And so I want to talk about like what, now you're running a business, right? You took Mm -hmm. all of the skill sets that you have you know, you're running mm-hmm. a business remotely from anywhere. You literally could pick up and go to any country and your business would still be running. So yep. the dream of the business owner, when we start this stuff called our business <laughs> is we want time freedom. We want choice. We want travel. The number one thing my clients say, they they started this business because they want to travel, right? right? So what does it take? Can you give like an insight to what types of things and structures you need to have in place or what type of even business you need to have in order to make mm-hmm. that a reality? Uh, truthfully, a service-based business is the best business to have on the road. All of my clients have pretty much always resided in the United States. So when I was in Thailand, it was a 12-hour time difference. It just meant that I had to sacrifice. I had to get up you know, and make that happen. So when my meetings and things were done and the work was done, it just meant that I had my days. So during the day, you know, I can go and have lunch with the family. We could go to the mall. I can go and get a massage, especially in Thailand. I mean, my God, everything was so cheap. It was, it was perfect. Having a time management was key for me, you know, making sure that I could be available, making sure that I had a global calendar on my iPhone. I've got times for London. I've got time for New York, Texas, California. So I'm always verifying those times to make sure I'm not missing anything with my clients. Another thing is being very clear about my goals. They modified over time. But the reality is, is that a lot of people think they want to be millionaires for the sake of saying that they're a millionaire, not realizing that the life that they truly want can be attached to a much lower dollar amount. And Mm. it took me some time to really sit down and figure that out. Because if I told someone, look, I'm going to give you a consistent $30,000 or $20,000 a month. And you're, you're going to make that, that's, that's for you and your business as a solopreneur, or even if you hire one or two people, that's a significant amount of money. That's only $240,000 a year. If you're traveling on a full-time basis, that money stretches a very long way. It's not the same amount of money. If you're living in the States, because you've got rent, you've got car, you've got insurance, you've got all of these different things. All of those bills went away for us. We didn't have a car. We didn't need to. 
Uber was was our vehicle. We didn't need the insurance. We had travelers insurance, but that was easy paid for. Our food expense was fairly low. We could eat out whenever we wanted. So we we were not spending significant amount of money traveling. And especially like when you're in Asia and you're traveling within Asia, I could catch a flight from Bangkok to Malaysia for like 120 bucks per person. It's like your expenses were so low that, but your your lifestyle was the lifestyle that a lot of people, like it's that time freedom, right? Exactly. It's complete, it's complete freedom. So that is a, such, a, such a great question to ask yourself. Like for anyone who is listening, it's the, you know, what, what is the actual goal? And is that really what you want? Cause it's not the money mm-hmm. number in the bank because people can right. be spending a million dollars and making a million dollars stressed mm-hmm. out. Right. So I love that, just like the reframe of, you know, what if you could have this amount of, how much do you need to survive and live and be happy to do what you want to be doing? And listen, you're doing in these like exotic, amazing places and you get to take your, which, which is phenomenal. I wish when I come back in my next life, I come back to parents who are traveling to give me a world (laughs) education. So talk to me a little bit about that. Talk to me about the kitties. How are how no. are we homeschooling? How old are they? Like, do they know how to speak different languages already? Are they ahead of me? Like, what? <laughs> you know, it was funny when um, I, I wanted to homeschool our daughters back when we were e- even in Texas, and it, it, I was trying to figure out how to do that while you know managing a business because I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom like that. Just I knew that wasn't my calling. So when we finally decided to go ahead and start traveling, we were like, look, they need to have some kind of online curriculum where we can help them follow. When we started, my youngest was four, my oldest was seven. What we did, we kind of came upon this philosophy of unschooling slash world schooling. So that's essentially where you teach them life skills along with things that they need to know. A perfect example is I'm a marketer. I've been marketing for the last 15 years. I can't tell you the last time I use algebra. It's not necessary. It's an absolute irrelevant skill set for me. Get me started. Um, so <laughs> algebra, like, calculus, biology. I was listing all the ones that I'm like, Monique does not know anymore. Please do not have me teach a child anything. I was like, this is pointless. But you know what they need to know? Taxes, how to trade stock, how to invest, mm. what compound interest means. You know, those are the things that actually matter. So we started, you know, teaching them financial responsibility from a young age. Like I don't pay them to do their chores. That's something you're supposed to do. You want to earn money? Mm-hmm. Show me a skill set. Learn something new. Show mommy that you went and learned something. <laughs> this is a serious face right now. You want to earn money? Show me a skill set, four-year-old. Let's go. I like, I'm not, love that. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that that's basically how we took the schooling approach. So, and it was, it was great because when you're world schooling, they're around people, different people all the time. So they learn how to adapt. They learn how to listen. They learn how to be not so judgmental. They learn to frame life as a global citizen, which is what we wanted. We didn't want them to just be American. We wanted them to be comprehensive and empathetic of the reality that we live in. Once you leave the United States, you get out of that American bubble and you begin to realize the whole other world of privilege that that passport brings you. But with that comes a sense of responsibility to say, I comprehend I have this privilege as an American citizen. But how do I still show the empathy in the, in, the, in the place that I call my home country? And that's what the knowledge and things that we wanted to really pass on to them as well. Oh, my God. That is just gold right there. 
because you got the life skills and even just the math stuff. Like no one taught us that in school. You don't even learn that in school. And then you wonder why you got all these business owners out here trying to figure out their money. But no one taught it. Right. No one taught us the taxes. No one taught us the accounting. Like we had a little bit of an accounting course, but like really no one. Right. Interest. Hello. No. Our credit. No. Like nobody's business. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So exactly. You're you're I am so I am going to be so interested to see these two beautiful like powerhouses that will take over the world one day as these world global citizens. So as you're going from place to place, you've got this business networking, creating relationships is such a big part of business. Right. So mm -hmm. I would love it if you share like, how do you do that while you are essentially a completely new person in a completely new place with nobody you know and sometimes not even speaking the language like what role does that play one of the key things is that i i built my entire business online using platforms like upwork or other sites like Talmix or catalan as a consultant especially once i moved into the fractional cmo arena it really helped me to hone in and just focus on networking online. LinkedIn is my playground. Like that is where mm. I reside. It's kind of ironic that I'm a marketer who really doesn't like the typical sense of marketing. I really like, I despise Tell it. <laughs> Tell me. Because of the fact that marketing, especially I'm a B2B marketer, right? So it's, it's different in, in that world than it is B2C. And so I'm all about creating the sense of authenticity. And that happens through having a conversation that happens through really getting to know and understand the pain points of the customer and then catering to them through that customer journey and all of those things. And a lot of times that gets lost in translation when you're constantly posting all day, I'm dealing with the algorithm from Instagram or LinkedIn or all of this other crap. And it's like, I'm, not, I'm having to compete to create an audience to tell them that I'm awesome at doing these things that I'm in cor corporation already doing. Like what, what are we, what are we doing here? So instead, what I, what I focused on is going to clients that had pain points already. I found my hungry audience. My starving crowd is what I, is what I call them. I, I teach this in my workshops to, to my clients instead of trying to go out all the time and be that next phase or create that next brand, create your small little niche of people who actually need you right then and there. How do you do that? You source it through RFPs. RFPs are requests for proposals. These are companies that are saying, hey, I got a problem and I'm willing to pay you. Send in a proposal that says, you know, what you can do and how much it's going to cost. Boom, right there. Um, when you Write go to people. Like, <laughs> like you go to, if a company has a project they're already, already willing to pay for, those, that should be where you're spending your time. Those are my productive activities, my income producing activities, all the rest of it, it's understandable, especially depending on the type of uh, business that you're in. You got to build up that brand. They want to see the lifestyle. They want to see these things. But what really changed my mind is when I saw consultants who were making millions of dollars, didn't have a website, all they had was a business card and everything that they did had been word of mouth. And that goes against completely against everything that we learned in marketing, but they were so good at their job that people recommended them over and over and over again. They had repeat business because clients didn't want to get rid of them. That level of anonymity to live my life and to do things on my own time, to not have to be on all of the time was such an attractive prospect to me. <laughs> and like, I was what like, do you mean? We can turn it off? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's exhausting being a personality. I mean, I've, I've dealt with clients where, you know, I, I recommend it. I know the formula. I know what works. 
But for me, once I figured out my why, once I found that peace of mind, once I found that balance and I was like, the whole reason I'm doing this is for freedom. That is my key word, my freedom and unexpected opportunities. And in order to have that, that means I have to have some level of anonymity. So I decided that I just wasn't going to be a quote unquote brand. I just needed to focus on my areas where my starving crowd was. And that's what's worked for me. Oh my gosh. She is literally speaking against everything we talk about on this podcast. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. I was like, wait a second. We're going to pause it. Pause it. I was like, no, go be a brand. Whatever she said, she's living our, our, her best life. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Um, no, I love that because you're, you touched on the most important thing, which is what works for you and who you are, mm-hmm. right? Being out here, being on isn't for everybody, right? And there are people who would love to not have to be on and still go do what they love and make money doing what they love. The, the other piece to that is you are already an expert in marketing. So you actually know what to do, right? right. So where other people, they barely know how to turn on an iPhone, let alone market themselves. Um, <laughs> exactly. Right. But let, let, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about LinkedIn, like, because Monique is mm-hmm. always talking about two things, LinkedIn and Instagram, but mostly Instagram, but LinkedIn is where it's at. I've been talking a lot mm-hmm. about shifting, you know, my attention over there. So what type, this is another space where it gets such a bad rap, right? They're like, oh, it's a place to post your resume. I have since learned it's not, it's not like that at all. This is an amazing mm-hmm. marketing tool with real, with people who want to really spend money on things and are looking for experts. Right. So what are some of the things you do on LinkedIn as like somebody brand new who's like, okay, I put my profile up, I fit a thing, whatever. Maybe you've already got people mm-hmm. on there or they're trying to get back into LinkedIn. How do you create your network there? I kind of start with what, what I've been doing. For LinkedIn, a lot of my conversations have been in the inbox. In the DM on LinkedIn is where the magic happens. Mm. Because on LinkedIn, you're there on a business mindset. They know that they're there to connect with people who can help them solve a specific pain point. Now, the key to it is making sure that when you get into the DM, you don't sound thirsty. You do not want to be the person who's like, hey, thanks for connecting with me. By the way, I've got this thing I want to say. You know nothing about this human being. Right, right. So it's like people come to LinkedIn with this mindset of, oh, I can't treat people the same way that I do on Instagram. Your number one thing with any business owner and you're dealing with another business, you are still dealing with a human being. Nike is not Nike without all of the human beings who run it. They all have their own issues and problems and circumstances. So take that time to nurture a funnel when it when it comes to mm-hmm. dealing with these individuals. And when, when you cultivate that relationship, even if it doesn't turn to business, you can curate something that where people refer you. I have a someone I actually met that I really thought, you know, we were going to do business or something on there together, a really great executive with Amazon. And I thought, you know, we were going to make some things happen, didn't work out, but he has been an awesome referral for me, for other businesses, mm-hmm. for people on my podcast, for other things of that nature, that relationship we cultivated. So that's what I focus on doing, cultivating relationships, seeing where they are and how can you do that? Look at their posts, see what they're posting. Oftentimes, especially like 2020 broke the, like all of the barriers, all the things that you think you're not supposed to do on LinkedIn happen on LinkedIn. People were talking about race. They were talking about misogyny. They were talking about, I mean, things that you're like, whoa, like where is HR? That happened on LinkedIn. <laughs> Who is monitoring this guys? It got ugly. And you saw, you saw the ugly and the beauty of people. And it created this, this ground 
that now you can't, you can't put it back in the box. Pandora is out. So yes. we're having conversations about race relations in the workplace and how people need to be, you know, accountable and do better and move beyond just having a conversation, but really implement things in the workplace. This was not happening five years ago, even two years ago. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about, you know, how women, black women need to be more, we need to see more CEOs. I have never in my 15 year career seen this many black women CEOs in fortune 500 companies ever. Mm. And it all happened with conversations that we started seeing on LinkedIn and it snowballed into New York times, wall street journal, and all of these things. So don't think that you need to be coming on LinkedIn, putting up your resume, come to LinkedIn as you are as a Mm. human being. And then integrate business because that's the reality of work of, of work life. So that that would be my my key recommendation. Really that. focus on people as people first. I love the yes, because that at the end of the day, that's who's coming out of pocket. Whether you're talking to an HR manager who's recommending you or you're talking to an individual, like we can all relate on that level. So I love that because I think even just like for myself, when I think about LinkedIn, I feel like there's a certain hat I need to be wearing. And, you know, when I go in there in the DMs and people are like, I'd really like to connect with you. And my first thought is about what? I mean, am I wrong? It'd be like, can you tell me like, what what were you thinking? Like, what does it mean when people <laughs> This is like a side note. <laughs> what does it mean when you're like, hey, I like your stuff. I'd really like to connect. What do you then give me the sentence to put back in the DM? Cause I've been getting this a lot, but I'm like, what does that mm-hmm. mean? You want to connect? Do you have a collaboration? Do you want to get on a call? Like, what are you saying? So tell me a nice response human wise to respond <laughs> back to people. <laughs> so, I mean, let your personality shine. I would, I would just be honest and say, Hey, whatever the name is. Happy that you'd love to connect with me. In what what arena are you looking to connect? Are you wanting to be on the show? Do, do you have a specific thing you're looking for? Or are you just looking to have another human being added to your network and seeing what happens from there? Thank you. That's literally, <laughs> we will go back and, and transcribe that. And it's funny because I like, I love to talk to people, but I do find like when you're a business and you're on so many different platforms and people, you've got the serious people and the not serious people and you're so busy. Like, I don't know about everybody else, but my patience becomes like really small. And I'm like, just tell me what you want. Right. So I can put it in a box in my mind. So I need to just stop that and just be like, go with the flow when you can relax. So I'm going to take what you said. (laughs) And stop being so crazy on LinkedIn where literally what, like you said, people are there for business. So it's not like Instagram where there's a bunch of dodos sometimes trying to message you about nothing. I'm going to just take that on. So is there any... Like we talked about, is there any other platform? Like, I know you've got a Clubhouse account because I saw, I was like, oh, she's on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I'm on kind of, yeah. I'm kind of on Clubhouse, meaning when yeah, I'm not overwhelmed by Clubhouse and I don't come off it yes. for two months and then go back. You are my kind of girl. <laughs> I oh, literally was on it and then I'm like, I can't. I need a moment. <laughs> it took over my business and I didn't even make any money. I don't understand. So aside from that, from LinkedIn, is there any other platforms, places that you would advise people to be looking at right now in terms of like getting themselves out there? Or I love that you were like, requests for proposals. Like I'm like, hello, Mm -hmm. like why isn't, why hasn't Monique thought of going out and you're right. The money is already allocated. I don't understand. They're just looking for people and experts to to propose. So anyways, I think we've already answered our question unless you have another (laughs) one. I'm like, no, I mean, the, the biggest thing is that people are, you know, so it's like the first thing is like, oh, where should people be? You should be wherever your clients are. 
there are industry events and organizations that are happening, you should be there. They are our membership organization. If you cater to biotech or technology or whatever the case is, they all have these very specific industry events that they go to. And the decision makers are there. They're on the panel. They're sponsoring the booth. That's where you need to be. I know it sounds like old school, but guess what? That's where the conversation happens. Old school works. Right? Pick up the phone, call people. Like that's the kind of thing that we, we, we got so lost in. That I know, is right? Old what? Did she say pick up the phone? Pick I'm up like, the when phone. people call me, I'm like, you had the audacity to <laughs> dial and interrupt my day? Are you crazy? No, she must be crazy, but left a voicemail. That voicemail is not getting. <laughs> <laughs> and see in my space because it's b2b we're t- we we i go across so many different generations we're talking baby boomers gen x gen y you know and and then so on and so forth gen z is not really the decision maker in the category yet but mm. i'm not catching a baby boomer on uh twitter or linkedin they're going to want an email and they're going to want a phone call and if mm. we had a great conversation they would expect a follow-up preferably handwritten it's about nice. catering yeah. to your all ideal audience, you know? So like, I'm not even on Twitter. Twitter gives me anxiety. I'm not tweeting. I'm not spending the time there. You know why? Because my ideal audience isn't on there. And if they are on there, they're only there for media purposes. They're not there to sit and talk business. They don't want me in their DM. Mm. They care about the results that I can deliver. And so many times, so many of the people that I've met, authors who are best-selling, uh, best-selling authors, people who deliver workshops, high ticket salespeople, these people who are going into corporations and doing training for, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 a pop. You don't know who they are. You know why? Cause you don't have to, because the people who need to know them, know them. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is so facts because a lot of my clients are like moving into like d- training and development inside of corporate spaces. And they're like, you know, I tried to get in here, but they already have someone. And of course, I don't know who that person is because that person's just been doing what they've been doing for so long that people just know their name. Okay. Monique will stop spending time on Twitter because clearly <laughs> I'm like, my person is not there. My person is not there. So what's in, what's next? What's next for you, for your business? Where can people connect with you, find you? I know you do workshops, you do trainings, you've got like a free community. Tell the people about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So the next big thing is that I'm retiring in 10 years. I don't care what happens. I am about to live this life. I am Mm -hmm. on the road to fire. We are increasing our savings, doing whatever it takes. Because for me, I don't, you know, live to work. I work to live. And everything about this life, I intend to enjoy it fully while I'm healthy. So mm. that's the big thing. As far as what I'm doing in business now, yes, I'm, uh, I'm still very much a fractional CMO. I do advisement for mid-market to enterprise companies. And I now I'm going in and training B2B marketing teams because the fact is oftentimes when you get out of college, that's it. That's the last piece of training that you get. Everything else you learn in the field, especially for B2B marketers. So I go in to help them upskill, learn how to take the skill sets and how their customers have changed and say, this is how you need to pivot. And now, especially uh, marketing organizations are being held responsible for revenue. That wasn't typically happening seven, you know, five to seven years ago. How do you attribute that? How do you make sure that makes sense? Well, there's a lot of connection points that have to take place. So I go into organizations to help them do that. One of the key Mm. things that I'm starting this year is through 
my company called Think Forward, where I'll be hosting these mini mastermind events for B2B or and B2C marketing leaders coming together with no more than 30 people at a beautiful destination. And we're going to have these intensive workshops. So instead of going to these big conferences where you're just a glorified webinar and you're hoping to meet people there, it's going to be very intimate. You're going to be able to connect with your peers. You're going to hear about top of mind issues that are impacting marketing right now today and figure out how do I implement this in my business? How do I move the needle? These are the issues that I'm having with my team. How do I become a better marketing leader? And in conjunction with that, be it in a beautiful place, you know, maybe in the Algarve here in Portugal or maybe in Greece. Like you had me at beautiful destination. I was like, (laughs) find out when beautiful destination retreat is happening. Absolutely. absolutely. In the entrepreneur world, or in the world that you know, often we come from, this is normal. We're used to masterminds. We know that you go and pay 30, 50 grand in a beautiful space. The B2B world, not so much because mm. they go to conferences. They go to right. big events. They're not used to these intimate workshop types of experiences. So I'm kind of bringing a bit of that flavor to change the scope of how marketing leaders are created moving forward. Oh my God, that is fantastic. That sounds phenomenal. (laughs) When is that available? I'm in the midst of planning it. Of course, COVID and all. Um, So I'm I'm waiting for everything, everything. So I'm looking into the parameters of what it would take to host the first event here in Portugal. Mm, Oh, Portugal would be an amazing destination. It's so feasible. It's beautiful. It's stunning. The people are amazingly nice. So I think that's fantastic. I wish you the best of luck with that. So if people Mm. want to connect with you, where is the best place for them to find? I'm going to say LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Good. We will put the link to your LinkedIn in the show notes as well as any other like how to connect with you with Think Forward and everything like that. So when it does happen, guys, you will know about it. I want to thank Yunji so much for being here. This is fantastic. It, I mean, we could talk about marketing for days. We could be on here, mastermind about marketing, (laughs) but I really want to acknowledge you for living your authentic self, like being out there living freedom and showing other people and especially other women of color that this is a possibility because like if we don't see it we don't know about it that's right absolutely thank you so much for having me i love this conversation (laughs) if you enjoy this episode then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Bryan underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.